On Friday, March 20th, 2020, most of the top 10 movies on the U.S. iTunes charts were unremarkable, meaning that they were films that had been in theaters sometime over the past 6 to 12 months. All except one, which had been released theatrically almost nine years prior, a previously unheard of anomaly for the streaming rental service. The film, which director Steven Soderbergh set out to make as realistic as possible, follows several interconnected characters as they seek to survive a highly contagious and exceptionally deadly global pandemic. The second coming of the movie's popularity, unquestionably tied to the arrival and spread of the coronavirus on American soil, raises several interesting questions. How does it inform what we are currently experiencing? What can we learn from it? Why doesn't Matt Damon, whose character is from Minneapolis, have a Midwestern accent? On this special episode, we'll seek to answer these questions plus one more. Is it a perfectly accurate film? We're the two gomers, we're talking Contagion, and this is Perfect Movie. Welcome everybody to Perfect Movie, a podcast hosted by two regular guys who went from couch to marathon, and now they're making their way back to the couch again, washing their hands constantly, never getting closer than six feet away from anybody, with the exception of their families, social distancing like crazy but spiritually connecting with others, and recording from almost 3,000 miles away from each other. This is Anthony speaking, one of those two (laughs) aforementioned gomers coming to you from Atlanta, Georgia, literally 20 miles away from the CDC. Joined, as always, by my friend Steven, all the way out in Flagstaff, Arizona. Um, I remember a 24 episode where mm. one, it was it was a uh, um, like a weaponized disease season. You know what I mean? Like oh. where they were trying oh. to stop um, a disease from spreading. And one mm. of the targets was Flagstaff. I kind of remember that. Okay. Um, but it was like said kind of like offhand, like here are the targets. And I was always like, what? Why okay. would that be target? I don't know why. I just thought of that when you were saying that you're 20 miles away from the CDC. Um, there might be something I don't know about Flagstaff that that would be a target. Aren't, aren't you for, near that huge hole, that huge meteor crater from Starman? And Sure. But as far as I know, there's nothing dangerous in there or like precious that would need to be targeted i don't know it just i have not thought about that for years but Hmm. i just thought like is there anything about flag oh yeah a 24 episode anyways Hmm. like flag in the movies because atlanta's (laughs) in the movies all the time right movies are being filmed here um yeah i just watched a movie last night that was filmed partially in flagstaff Mm. back to the future part three Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Partially in the deserts around Flagstaff. Oh, dude. Um, which, by the way, can I just say, mm-hmm. Back to the Future Part 3, okay? He lives in, I think, like Northern California, which is like Hill Valley. Okay. Yeah. And then they go like 10 miles away and all of a sudden they're in Monument Valley, <laughs> which is in <laughs> Utah, I think, <laughs> where where there he's got the white walls and it's in the drive drive-in theater, right? Where right, they're yep. they're going. I mean, that is so not California. And then like <laughs> the town that they're in is nowhere near any of that. Like, where in the world does this place exist? Um, one of the holes in that movie that I care nothing about because it's so good. Mm. 
It's so good. The bear yeah. in the boot when he when the when he swears, beep the cavalry. <laughs> One of my favorite lines of all time. Yeah. Oh, full of great lines. But that's not what we're talking about today. That right. I kind of wish we were. That feels right. like it would be a lot easier. Um, <laughs> I, maybe the listener should know. I kind of came in kicking and screaming to this episode. <laughs> okay, so a little little history behind this. First, a yeah. couple of disclaimers. Right. So we say this all the way, all the time on the Gomers. Actually, mm-hmm. if you want to know like how we're doing, like mentally, spiritually, physically, you can yeah. go to our other podcast, Two mm-hmm. Gomers. Lose 20 in 2020 literally has nothing to do with this podcast, with the exception of it's us talking exactly like we're talking right now. Right. Lots of, um, you know, tangents and stuff. We actually talk about movies a lot there, too. But um, so but we, like we say all the time, we are not doctors. I'm not a right. doctor. I'm a podcaster. Yeah. Um, We're not here for, you know, like if you're looking for any information, current events, all that kind of stuff, go to the news. Don't be mad at us. We're going to do it. <laughs> You're naming all the things I was worried about. So that's good. <laughs> okay. Um, and and just like kind of like why we're doing this. This movie jumped. Okay. I, I, I saw this in the New York Times. Okay. This movie jumped. Warner Brothers said from number 270 in uh-huh. their like watched catalog to number two. Yeah. Just behind Harry Potter. Um, it's gone to the top li- top 10 list of iTunes and Amazon mm-hmm. and hulu and all these places and so we're like man this thing has jumped to the top of the charts it's super prescient right it's super like you know about what we're in the middle of right now yeah and it's also an amazing movie by one of our favorite directors with a lot of our favorite actors so yeah i mean we haven't done a soderbergh yet right we haven't done a matt damon yet we haven't no i mean no no winslet no jude law we haven't done any of that I'm actually, I was at Disneyland two weeks ago mm, and you, that's when you first texted me. Okay. Dude, have you seen contagion? Mm-hmm. And I said, no. So neither of us had seen this movie. Yeah. I, yeah. Until right. all this stuff started happening. Um, and we started talking then that was two weeks ago. Like, should we do an app? Mm-hmm. Like we, like we did the closest we've done to this kind of thing is when we did rise of Skywalker. Cause it came out in theaters. Right. Um, right. Yeah. Ev- everything else. We all, all the other movies we've done, we've seen a hundred times. We love, right. we know we think they're perfect. Um, this one felt like, should we do a special similar to the rise of Skywalker because of kind of the cultural footprint this thing is making right now. And we're a movie right. podcast. Right. Yep. And I, there were some days when I was like, nah, and there were some days when I was like, yeah. And then and then finally I said, I trust you. If you want to do it, let's do it. And you're like, we're doing it. Um, yeah. It, and I think what I want to say kind of going into it is that we were reading this art- article together, you and me. I think it's mm-hmm. from the, um, what was it? CBC the, Radio. The CB, CBC, yeah. I, right. Um, about this movie, about Contagion and the opening uh, quote is uh it says if you are panicked now then you should probably give this movie a pass (laughs) and i totally agree with that uh yeah i was talking to my sister julie about like you know you're having these text strings with your family like what are you guys watching right now and what's good and i'm at home yeah and uh i think my brother suggested oh no my my sister paula suggested a pandemic show that's on netflix right now oh right 
Okay, yeah. So we haven't. I see. I if we, if we were good podcasters that didn't like also have families all living at home and like we're shut in with, you know, we're sheltered in place right now. I would yeah. have watched all of Pandemic. I would have rewatched Outbreak. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, we've got kids around. Is but yeah, I can't believe Pandemic is like yeah, that's like a, a new series document yeah. or whatever straight on Netflix. Have you seen yeah. that? I haven't, have. but we did rewatch oh, Outbreak, okay. which I can't wait oh, to talk man. about if we get okay. a chance about the differences between that movie and this one. Um, okay. Anyways, Julie was immediately like, no, I'm not doing any mm. pandemic, epidemic sure. movies right now. And Got we it. know that a lot of our listeners might be in that place. I feel like it's sort of a service to them, maybe just to mm-hmm. Julie herself. <laughs> you don't have to watch the movie if you don't want to. You can just listen to us talking about it. It, oh, it does feel yeah. like it's so like you said, culturally prescient um, mm-hmm. that a lot of people are talking about it. But if you are in a panic and you feel like this would trigger some stuff, I feel like you shouldn't watch it. And so don't watch it. No, we we watched it for you. We can tell you what it was about and then you can have a conversation with people about it if you want, like you did. For um, sure. The other thing that I thought was helpful for me in kind of coming around to decide to do this is I watched it with we watched it as a family what a fun mm-hmm. family time. Yeah, you, you actually texted me that. What a fun family movie. Now, you have a junior in high school and a eighth grader, right? Right. Yep. Yep. Um, so that would be different than you watching it with your second grader yeah. and kindergartner, right? That no, because Aaron and I have been trying to, like, organize a viewing of this for yeah. the last two weeks. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like we said, we're shut in. We're sheltered in place. And we're watching family movies like Frozen 2. We're on, we have a counter, actually, for Frozen 2. I think we're up to, like, seven at this point. Um, wow. <laughs> <laughs> ah! it, it One day we'll do that. That Frozen 2 is better than Frozen 1, without a doubt. You're insane. That yep. is an insane statement. <laughs> Who are you? Nope. It, it couldn't exist. How many times have you watched it? Just the once. Dude, it is so good. The okay. music is way better. <sighs> I'll have to watch it again. <laughs> I came out of Sorry. Frozen 1 humming every single song. Mm. Dude, Into the Unknown, incredible. The Lullaby, incredible. Josh Gad's okay. song, incredible. Oh, the I 80s did like ballad. that a lot. 80s ballad incredible oh interesting i forgot about that one the entire scene when she like goes and discovers you know find yourself show yourself show yourself right like man dude epic i can't watch that without tearing up okay i mean i guess i'll have to watch it again you're you're convincing me i should give it another shot (laughs) okay so you are you've you've watched frozen two seven times Right, um, but but only Contagion once, and then once this morning. Aaron and I, have okay. been, all I was trying to say is we've been trying to find a time to, to see this. And so it's in the collective consciousness of my four-year-old and eight-year-old, this word, this movie, Contagion, that mommy and daddy really want to watch. I see. Well, yeah. daddy really wants to watch and wants mommy to watch with him, just for her, like, take. Okay, got it, yeah. And we were never able to organize it. And the, even the words, they're like, no, 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 we don't want to watch that. It sounds scary. And I'm like, no, of course, of course not. You oh, don't want to yeah. watch it. You yep. know, but so th- that's just different than the. yeah. Right. So here's the weird thing. We watched it as a family. The first okay. thing, Jack, he's my 13 year old. I keep saying yep. 14 because he turns 14 next month, um, yep. a week after you turn 41. Crazy. Right. 
Um, Whoa, so we have opposite birthdays, dude. I was one, just going to say that. Yeah. Or is that a palindrome? No. I guess it's what? So, a palindrome of Jason. I don't know what that is. Um, yeah. Anyways, the first thing he said was that movie actually made me feel better. Huh. Okay. Um, because what we're going through isn't as bad. So sure. I okay. feel like there's yeah. a certain person that would be like, actually, this calms me because at least we're not going through that. Um, uh, so I don't know. I, I, I think I've come around to the fact that this is a good idea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that Got it. That's why we're movie. here. <laughs> um, and we've also changed up the the way we're going to talk about it. Right. Yeah. Um, where one of the things I was bucking up against was, I don't know if this is a perfect movie. I haven't seen it enough. Right. Um, yeah. But then we made the decision to kind of make this a special app where we're talking about it differently. And that yeah. helped me too. Yeah, this wasn't a movie that was on our list. No. Um, but maybe after this, I don't know. It is pretty dang good. Yeah. So we'll t- we'll talk when we get to the trial section about what the change is going to be because usually we're talking about is this movie perfect or not. We're going to talk about it a little bit differently. Um, yep. Once we get to the trial. Um, right. Yeah. So, we'll so we're going to say. So the the title of it, this this episode is is contagion. A perfectly accurate movie right there's that parenthetical and, right fully yep, accurate love, man i love parentheses dude i don't know like i i <laughs> sometimes i'll i'll write an email that has like four parentheses within parentheses yeah you know like because you could put another parentheses in here perfectly accurate and then another parentheses for this moment <laughs> and you know like yeah exactly i or like you could it put brackets end. inside the yeah. The parentheses. Yep. Um, yeah. A wheel within a wheel. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Parentheses are one of my favorite punctuation marks. Mm, me too. Something so we we're going to talk about. On. Yes. Okay. And see, now I feel sort of like um, a little bit uh, weird about what I just said about Frozen 2. Is it better? I think it is. Sorry. Okay. I, I I love that you think it is, and I love it when we disagree. I think our mm. listeners do too. We we and so then we got to get to some movies where we disagree because I think that's going to be super fun. How do you disagree it's... as friends and not take it personally? Yeah. Okay. That that's something we're going to need in this this crazy age of of a political season coming up, which yep. is insane. That even a presidential election is happening during this, like. Yeah. Oh man, this is this is this is a cultural moment. Yep. Like of epic proportions, and mm-hmm. you know, even talking about this movie, it gives us a chance to talk about some of that. Um, yep. But what we're going to talk about in the trial, though, is how it is accurate and mm-hmm. how it isn't accurate. And we have a couple of cool sources, like the CBC, um, mm-hmm. New York Times, and this Screen Rant, <laughs> <laughs> the most the most reliable of sources, a Screen Rant article, <laughs> and we have our own. Uh, experiences right I mean right. Uh, yep. our own our own anecdotal experiences how when we watched this movie it hit us accurately or inaccurately I think that that's going to be fun to talk about totally I mean one of the crazy things about watching it because I watched it right at the beginning of this you know two or two or three I don't know two and a half weeks ago yeah it's funny watching it again this morning mm-hmm. how much different I even felt watching it now versus a few weeks ago Oh, interesting. Because um, at the point w- where I watched it first, we weren't like I was still working. Yeah, I know. You know? Um, we were like, is this a huge deal? I mean, it obviously was a huge deal, but it, not the 
not what we know today. Um, right. Yeah. yeah. And it, it is daily that this is changing. Um, right. And so you're, I think you said this already. It's like a little time capsule where yeah. we also wanted to do it for that reason. Like it's so interesting to listen back on podcasts that we've done in the past decade and be like, oh, what a strange moment that was. Oh, yeah. Um, and so, yeah, to get some thoughts down, I think is going to be a good thing. Yeah. Okay. Hey, should I do the, it's not a VHS cover. It's a DVD. Okay. Uh, d- DVD description, DVD synopsis. Yep. Um, right. Uh, it's about time, by the way, that we did not do a m- movie <laughs> made in 92 or 93. <laughs> it was a little refreshing yeah. that this one was yep. not put out on VHS. <laughs> okay. Um, here's what it says. Gripping, provocative, and deeply engaging. That's the quote on the top. Honey, mm. let's get it. It's gripping. Um, all right. When a lethal airborne virus with the power to wipe out humanity is unleashed, the worldwide medical community races to find a vaccine and stop the panic from spreading. Starring Academy Award winners Matt Damon, Gwyneth Paltrow, Kate Winslet, and Marion Cotillard, and Academy Award nominees Jude Law and Lawrence Fishburne, this edge-of-your-seat thriller follows the deadly path of a virus that is beyond containment. Researchers for disease control, the military, the World Health Organization, and ordinary civilians mobilize to try and find a cure and the cause before it's too late. Directed by Steven Soderbergh, this portrait of suspense examines how courage pulls us together while society is falling apart. Hmm. Good news, everybody. It's in color. Oh, great. Um, PG-13, which Mm -hmm. I was a little bit surprised by. Um. I, th- I don't know why I thought it was R. Yeah, well, but there's only like deaths. I mean, her death is nasty, and yes. then the the skull stuff is sick. Yeah, I think that was it. It's the it was yeah. when they cut Gwyneth Paltrow's head open, mm. and that flap yeah. that skin over. Um, okay, anyways. Um, also, here's something I noticed: a hundred and six minutes. What a tight. 106 dude yep i i was like i noticed that as well yeah and it's it's jam-packed super tightly edited i think it's i think soderbergh does a lot of the editing himself yeah that's um, what i've heard quickly um hey dude let's go over this gomer one sheet and then pass it over to the trial good news nation a very legible gomer one sheet (laughs) (laughs) was texted to me (laughs) so i could read every word yeah, I saw this Good. at the bottom. Okay. Made with scanner for me, it says at the bottom. Oh yeah, a free scanning. Oh, hey, that looks that actually looks pretty good. Although it covers up uh, John Hawks. Oh no, I don't have all the information because of that watermark. Oh, man, oh well. We we should put these up on uh, on our on our Instagram. Actually, I think yeah, that'd be kind of right. cool. Um, yep. Okay, this movie came out September 9th, two thousand eleven. Budget yep. of sixty million dollars. Grossed at the box office worldwide, 136 million. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't so it was successful for sure. Um, yeah. Although I wonder now, like what what it's gonna do in this last like month. Well, um, I was also wondering like what movies are gonna be made about this. Yeah. I remember right. thinking that during 9/11. How long is it gonna take for 9/11 movies to come out? Yeah. And it was mm-hmm. like. I think a year when United 93 came out just one year later. So I wonder really? what, um, yeah, I wonder what coronavirus movies 
we will be getting yeah. in the future. Yeah. Yeah. Well, honestly, they're going to have a hard time being better than Contagion. Yeah. Um, and we can like talk this... about that when we get to what's accurate and what's not and why probably as far as movie making goes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, no awards um, or anything like that. I mean, you got some smaller awards like a Saturn award and he won right. for score for some like small like score thing. Uh-huh. Um, so here, here, just real quick about what's going on here around this exact same time. Well, first of all, 85 percent on Rotten Tomatoes. 63% audience score, which I thought actually was low. And I wonder if that'll go up or can that change? Does, is I that was wondering fluid? if it's, I was wondering if it's gone down because ah. it's frightening to people right now. So watching this movie nine years ago is very different than watching it now. Right. Yeah. It's like you were saying this before we were recording. It's like watching deep impact with a meteor coming at you in real life. Right. That would be a different experience and maybe not as pleasurable as right. it was when it originally came out. Totally. Um, hmm. That was so. I don't. I don't know if you can like track that. Yeah, um, I wonder. The critic, cr- critics were right on though. Um, yeah. So here's just something really interesting about this, and then we'll get to the trial. Is that mm-hmm. almost all of the top twenty um, box office movies of 2011 are sequels? Oh. That is very different than when we talk about 90s, 80s certainly, but even 90s movies, all the top 10, 20, like I think I read that list during the Fugitive episode, right? And those were all Mm -hmm. first, maybe a couple sequels in there. Hmm. But I'm looking at this list and you're right. They're all franchise sequels. You know, maybe, okay, so maybe that's like, normal for this time and we just don't i haven't made a gomer one sheet for very many like movies past like 93 i think it's Um, certainly i think it's certainly true today oh i think and certainly the past 10 years or so it's been all the top 10 movies are in franchises yep it's like super rare that last year i think get out was in the top 10 because it was an original non-franchise movie yeah yeah i mean we don't we don't even have to go over all the ones that are here um but yeah you can just look up 2011 box office um and see that they're all uh yeah some sort of sequel but dude super eight i remember that being pretty sweet i love it um still love it Moneyball, i remember liking that um Mm -hmm. yeah so those were well there is one here that we saw together in the theater which one that first one bro Harry Potter, Deathly Hallows. We saw that in the we theater. We saw that together? Don't you remember? You had your hat on. We've got a picture of it. I can even prove it to you. We saw that together okay. in Madison. We stood in line. You have the sorting hat on. I do remember those pictures. That was that? And I complained about it. Yeah, that was that. <laughs> <laughs> Afterwards, and I... I said, wish I had seen it in 2D. And you're like, dude, that's your review. <laughs> <laughs> All I know is when John Williams' music comes in at the end of all the last Mm -hmm. movies, mm, it's just like I I said, I I remember saying that to like a bunch of people. It was like the best part of that movie was when his score came in in the last three minutes or whatever, because you haven't heard it for two and a half hours. Yeah. Oh, so good. You and I sitting right next to each other watching that movie together.
that's not the same. Yeah. Inception. When did that come out? Inception was, uh, I'm just saying this to somebody. It was, it was the same summer as Toy Story 3 because I remember seeing the, that as a double feature <laughs> <laughs> for some reason. Um, it was well, we around then, ins- I'm sure. We went to Inception together, dude. Yep, I remember. I know that. And we're I know blown that. away together. Yep. Uh, uh, yeah, special. Someday. And didn't we see Tron Legacy together? We saw Tron Legacy with Mark Wetterland. Yep. Gomer 4. Gomer 4, yeah. Hmm. Um, just let me point out one more thing on this list. Rise of the Planet of the Apes came out the same year which mm, is another yep. one of my favorite pandemic recent pandemic movies yes okay um i love the new planet of the apes series okay it's you know what? so I, good i haven't given it a ton of like i haven't given it a ton of thought i'd like to see those again especially upon hearing that recommendation from my wonderful friend gomer too <laughs> So maybe the Planet of the Apes series is your Frozen 2. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll definitely check it out. All right, dude. Well, we should head into the trial. Should we go? Let's do it. It was a groundbreaking ceremony for a new factory. Did you mention seeing anyone who was sick? Anyone on a plane at the airport? No, she said she was jet-lagged. The average person touches their face three to five times every waking minute. In between, we're touching doorknobs, water fountains, and each other. Matt. Mom? No, no, uh, uh, go up to your room, honey. So we have a virus with no treatment protocol and no vaccine at this time. You had a seizure this morning, Beth. She had a history of seizures? No, no, no. Allergies? As of last night, there are 32 cases. Unfortunately, she did die. Right. Can I go talk to her? Mr. Amoff, your wife is dead. What are you talking about? What happened to her? What happened to her? Is there any way someone could weaponize the bird flu? Is that what we're looking at? Someone doesn't have to weaponize the bird flu. The birds are doing that. Watch this. It's transmission, so we just need to know which direction. On day one, there were two people, and then four, and then 16. In three months, it's a billion. That's where we're headed. They're calling out the National Guard. They're moving the president underground. People will panic. Get away! It will tip over. The truth is being kept from the world. Cook your samples, destroy everything. Hello. I need you to get me the names of everyone who serviced this room. It's an emergency. You can't panic now. I know. I'm gonna get you home. I got people too, Dr. Cheever. We all do. Don't talk to anyone. Don't touch anyone. Stay away from other people. Get back in your car! We're not sick! It's figuring us out faster than we're figuring it out. It's mutated. All rise. Hey, how's it going over there? Contagion is a perfectly accurate, apt, prescient, amazing movie. Timely. What was that other one you said? 
I can't remember. But with a started with a C. A clairvoyant. Clairvoyant movie. I can't wait to hear you guys talk about it. Wash your hands. Stay six feet away from each other. Make sure you are socially distancing, but staying spiritually connected. Even this guy, this even this guy has given us advice. Wow. And make sure you go to Manitowoc Minute over up on Instagram. One of my favorite new follows. You love that gives guy. A great, gives a great recipe for making an old fashioned. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah. If you, if you want more Midwestern accent like like that, that Mi- yeah. Manitowoc. What is it? Manitowoc Minute. That guy's pretty Manitowoc funny. Manitowoc Minute. It's an amazing follow on Instagram. I Listen, love that. The, it, people that love this are Anthony, my mom. <laughs> <laughs> and others it is nsfw though there is a good amount of swearing yeah so careful um yeah okay so here we are in the trial usually how this works i'm assuming we might be getting some new listeners on this one because sure. it is a hopefully like you said prescient and all those other words we were trying to figure out what are we going to title this podcast right yeah <laughs> we we got the least exciting one accurate but i think it's most accurate to what we're trying to do on this podcast, right? right? Um, But we might be getting new listeners. Here's how this usually works. Anthony and I pick a movie that we love and we put it on trial and try to decide together, um, try to prove to one another and to the listener whether it is in fact a perfect movie. Anthony and I get a vote Mm -hmm. a couple weeks later. We put it out to the listeners to vote as well. And if all three of us vote yes, that movie goes on a flash drive onto V'ger up into space and the the aliens from alien are converted when they find it into good little girls and boys. We um, still haven't figured out how we're going to do that, but of that, that we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. Um, okay. We got to make the list first. Uh, we have a <laughs> list of perfect movies. Uh, you should definitely go back and listen to our catalog if you like what you hear, but today's going to be different. We're going to be talking right. through contagion, uh, in a similar way that we talk through the other movies that we've done, but this time, instead of trying to prove to one another that the movie is perfect by um, having a couple exhibits each, we're just going to be talking kind of more freely Mm -hmm. about what parts of this movie feel accurate and what other parts don't. That's going to lead our conversation. Right. Okay. That sounds awesome. Um, And uh, okay, dude, to lead off. Yeah. Um, I heard this quote from uh, Matt. So I heard it. I heard. I think this was probably from the Rewatchables podcast, which totally rocks. Mm -hmm. Um, But apparently Matt Damon's agent gave him the script to this. You got to read this. Yep. And then after you read it, wash your hands. Yes. I read that on Wikipedia. (laughs) Okay. It was on. Okay. I loved that. Like, and then apparently he was like, I'm doing this. Yeah. Like, it's so good. I also read that Marion Cotillard decided to do it because she's a germaphobe. Really? And she related to the terror of it so much that she wanted to do okay. it. Okay. Well, so she must have filmed this like right after Inception or around. It, it's right? got to be right around then. Yeah. Um, yeah. She's amazing in Inception. Dude. 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 She is so good in this and she's incredible in Inception. Yeah. What else has she been in? She's um, so I'll, good. I'll look it up. That's a good question. Uh, here, here's the other thing that I was thinking about this movie. 
what? And now I can't remember the title. I cannot ever remember anything when we're recording these episodes. I know. What we need is a producer that's over there. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, somewhere also 3,000 miles away. Yep. That's looking stuff up that's in our ears, making us sound smarter than we are. Just Googling um, stuff for us. We just need a live Googler. <laughs> Here, here's what the Gomers need. Dude, uh-huh. we would be so much more prolific yeah. if we had a live Googler yeah. and then somebody to edit our podcast and produce it. What about um, promote it? We need somebody to promote it Well, as well. we need somebody pr- to promote it. I mean, okay, like I said at the top of the show, uh-huh. we're not doctors. We're podcasters. And yep. we're not even really podcasters. I'm a bassoonist. Yeah. And you're a speaker. So right. So that's kind of like a podcaster. And sure. And like like a life coach and like friggin' unbelievable minister and like, well, we're, but we're both in the, we both perform in certain ways, right? We're both in the public. We're both in front of public P I don't know. I'm just, I'm just reaching for stuff here. Yeah. Got it. Um, the, the other place, by the way, that I recognize Marion, uh, Coutillard is the dark Knight. the dark Knight rises. That's it. Um, Okay. So she's a, she's a Nolan favorite. Right. I mean, okay. Yep. She's yeah, in yeah. several of his movies. Um, and then I read that she's in several Soderbergh movies too. I'm trying to find those right now. Hmm. I'll, I'll have to do that later. Um, is she in any of the, is she in any of the oceans? No, movies? it doesn't look like it. She, I um, guess she was probably not quite on his radar at that point. Right. By the way. Well, okay. While you're looking that up. Yeah. Soderbergh real quick. Right. Um, my first experience with him obviously is Ocean's Eleven. Yeah. Um, Sex Lies and Videotape. Um, kind of like the thing that put him on the map. Nineteen eighty nine. So we were like ten. Can I tell you and... a story about Sex Lies and Videotape? <laughs> oh boy. Oh well. Okay. I've never seen it. No um, spoilers. <laughs> I've I've sort of seen it because um, I have a very vivid memory of okay. uh, seeing Back to the Future Two, which came out in eighty nine. Okay. In the theater. Yep. And then with a friend going to the top of a hill. This is so weird. And watching Back to the Future 2 on a far away drive-in theater screen. Okay. Where would that even be? We were in Vienna, Austria. Oh, okay. So this is, you're still in, in Vienna at this yeah. point. Um, so Not me Verona. one of my Austrian friends. Okay. Wanting to see Back to the Future 2 again, but we couldn't go ourselves because we were, you know, 12. And so we we went to his house for a sleepover. We went up to this hill and saw Back to the Future 2 <laughs> without sound from far away. Okay. And then the yeah. movie after that was Sex, Lies, and Videotape. And okay. neither of us were in a place in our lives right then where that was interesting to us. So we just went home. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, what's this? Oh, that's dumb. Yeah. Oh, oh that's... Like, no clothes on anybody? Sickening. (laughs) It was a very buzz your girlfriend sick moment. (laughs) That's awesome. Oh, sorry. Woof. Buzz your girlfriend woof, woof, I should say. Yeah. Yeah. Was uh, was it Vilm? Vilm Quentin? Vilma der Grossa? It it, it wasn't Vilma. Nope. I can't remember his name. that guy. My friend. But um, yeah, that was my experience with Soderbergh's first foray into film. Okay, so I never saw it. Sad. I mean, probably should, um, seeing as we really like him and like f- film. Mm-hmm. Um, but Ocean's Eleven, yeah, that's definitely one of my all-time favorites. Um, 
great music. You know, mm-hmm. well, we, we don't need to talk about that right now, but it's just like I love that. Yeah. Love that movie. Yep. Um, yeah, I like him a lot. I like Logan Lucky a lot, which was one of his recent movies with mm. Kylo Ren in it. Um, oh, didn't good see stuff. It. Yeah, cool. it's good stuff. And he's just Sweet. got a certain style, right? Um, and a lot of it kind of is kind of vignette-ish. He does this a lot, right? Like, mm-hmm. um, And so because this movie is the same way, right? Like vignettes. Okay, this is yep. what I was going to say. It's what is, what is that Christmas movie that you like and I don't? Um, uh, with, with a bunch of vignettes and little stories and they all. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. See, once again, we need our Googling friend. <laughs> oh, Love Actually. Help us. Okay. Love, there you go. So this is the Love Actually of pandemic movies. <laughs> <laughs> You're totally right. Yeah. Um, like little little vignettes. Yep. Um, but they're a little bit. No, but those are pieced together in Love Actually as well. Yeah. So some um, of them, some of them are connected some of them really closely connected, right? Some of them kind of loosely interconnected, some of them not at all. Mm -hmm. And then there's a couple happy endings, but mostly it's um, most of the endings are really dark and depressing, just like love actually also. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And you feel terrible Um, after watching it, just like love actually. (laughs) (laughs) There's another one that I love and you don't love. We disagree. Um, Hey dude, if I was going to, okay. If I was going to have a a piece of evidence yeah. as to why this is a perfect movie. Okay. I love that Matt Damon. Now, I, I just have to say this one time. Matt Damon. Right, you got to get that out. All right. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> I, <laughs> I can't help it. It's yeah, so you can't not stupid. say it. Yep. So dumb. Um, I love that he. It, oh, did you just hear that? I did, but that's okay. It was Isla. I know Isla just said, don't say stupid. Um, okay, Hi, and Lily. Lily. Um, <laughs> totally lost. Oh, yeah. Okay. Would be that he um, is immune. Okay. I do like that, too. You're right. Like, he is like the perfect audience surrogate. Yeah. That you know. Uh, first of all, he's so likable. He's so every man. You know, mm-hmm. you, you just love Matt Damon. Yeah. Hey, hey, girls. Hold Just we're going to edit right here. Okay. Dude, it was so funny. Lily goes, we're going to get in trouble. And they ran out. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. Well, this is honestly um, doing a doing a podcast uh, when everybody's home. Right. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Uh, But so he's like the audience surrogate. Right. um, And, you know, like you you, you find that out kind of soonish, like in that moment where he's in there with Kate Winslet, the only time where two of the vignettes, not the only time, but one of the times where yeah. two of the vignettes cross over collide. Yep. Um, unbelievable acting from him in that, like it's all face. Yeah. Right. So, Hey, let's do this. Okay. Usually, usually we would talk through the movie start to finish. I think yeah. since we're talking about the fact that is vignettes, maybe we should go character by character the big okay. ones, and then Great. use that as kind of the trellis to hang yeah, okay. this, like what, what about their particular stories stuck out to us as accurate or inaccurate? Does that work? Got it. Okay. Super good. We're talking about Matt Damon. Let's keep going. Um, okay. He is immune, right? 
Yep, he's immune. Yeah. Um, his daughter, we don't know whether she's immune or not. Right. Um, so that's his daughter from a previous marriage, right? And then his son uh, is also from a previ- previous marriage from Gwyneth Paltrow's. That's what I read into that. Yeah, me too. So Matt Damon and Gwyneth right? Paltrow are married. Right. And they both have children of their own that they brought into mm-hmm. that marriage. Um, yep. So I guess it's the Matt Damon, Gwyneth Paltrow that's their vignette. Um, yep. Even though in a, I think, kind of a cool twist, she dies mm-hmm. right away. Yes. Okay. The, like, the buy-in to this movie is so quick. Yeah. I mean, like, first of all, the whole movie starts, it's black, mm-hmm. and you just hear coughing. Yep. Great like, opening. And, and unbelievable opening. And, like, you're you're already like, oh, gosh. And then all the, like zoom-ins of like people touching stuff yeah um like so that that's right there is like one of the ways that they got this right i agree like zooming in uh and like 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 a perfect moment is like when he goes to pick up his son when matt damon goes to pick up his son from school i i picked this up the second time i didn't actually pick this up the first time uh-huh um they leave the school and they show the son open the door mm-hmm. and then the camera just lingers on the door as it closes. Like that's like an edit that you would never do. Like you would, you know, right. This means something do, like, edit, right? Like there's yeah. a, there's a reason for this close up. I, I felt that same way. So right away you see Gwyneth Paltrow looking terrible. Yeah. She looks terrible too quickly. I feel like she is just, so we can talk about that two. accuracy, right? So that's a genius okay. thing about the structure yep. of the movie. It starts day two, which mm. Jack picked up like day two. What about day one? I was like, good question. None of us had seen this movie before. Another experience <laughs> right. where I was like, I can't answer your questions that you're constantly mm-hmm. asking me because I don't know. I didn't know. Right. I didn't even know Gwyneth Paltrow was in it. Every time somebody came, I was like, this guy's in it. Mm? What? Huh? Yeah. <laughs> Dimitri Martin's in this. <laughs> I know. Like what? 100% the strangest actor uh, yeah. choice in this yeah. movie. Oh, but but it was fun to see. Yeah, like uh-huh. that's yeah, there's definitely. Soderbergh right there again. That's like Quentin Tarantino or like mm-hmm. any of these dudes that just use tons of amazing like, you know, instead of, you know, finding the next Jake Lloyd. Right. Why don't you just get somebody that's already proven and amazing? Yeah. You know what yep. I mean? Yeah, it was kind of fun to see him, but I was like what yeah. who who next we had to, dimitri martin is the one person that would have been like millionth on my guesses for who's gonna be in this movie um okay so gwyneth paltrow looks bad and then what yep. you're saying is um the focus that the camera is on is not necessarily her but everything she's touching totally so the credit card yep um, the peanuts, mm-hmm. her drink, yeah. like, and I, I gotta say, I went to Publix just two days ago mm-hmm. and dude, I felt that. Yeah. Like I, and I'm sure people listening to this, if you're listening to this now, if you're listening to this in years from now, you'll, you know, who knows what, yeah, <laughs> who knows what the future brings. Um, but like, yeah, I really felt that like touching the keypad mm-hmm. and like putting my credit card in there and like watching the bagger bag my groceries. Yeah. I'm like is is this okay like yep. i know i went to the atm and i felt the same way like i'm yeah j- just the the tiniest tip of your finger and i'm thinking i gotta use um 
yeah. hand sanitizer after I do that. And so it, <laughs> that felt, that felt super accurate to me. It's all yep, about right it's on. spread on surfaces and they talk about that later. Mm-hmm. Um, and right. so, uh, that's how uh, you, you got to watch outbreak again, dude. It is so interesting. It okay. starts yeah. as a surface uh, drops. They call it right. Like the, the drops that are left over on surfaces that come from your mouth and nose. Okay. Um, and then it mutates halfway through, this is outbreak and it becomes airborne. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but in this movie contagion, it stays as a surface. What do they call it? Foam? My foam. I got to find that word. Sorry. They, they use a word. Um, uh, I'll, I'll get it eventually. Um, <laughs> hey, we need Googler person, please. Yep. <laughs> Look this up for us. Um, Fomite. Yeah, okay, so, Fomite is the word. So objects or materials which are likely to carry infection, such as clothes, utensils, and furniture. So they talk about that's how this disease is spread. Surfaces okay. and materials that have saliva and mucus on them. Okay. So, and then, yeah, because I remember seeing this thing in the news within the last week that was talking about all the different surfaces mm-hmm. and like how long something can how long this yeah fomite yeah yeah can last on cardboard how long it can last on stainless steel how long right. it can last on yeah. plastic you know yeah uh, and they like they oh you got this is with the know thyself just don't look this stuff up if you don't want to but like they showed <laughs> right. like a petri dish mm-hmm. that a kid like put their hand in oh like one of the grossest things i've ever seen wow yeah but, like yeah and so um, so what what's helpful about this opening scene is she touches something and immediately somebody else touches it and then it goes yep. to the next person the next person and that just felt so like it another reason why i think this movie is important because it actually like you're just saying it actually helps you think more seriously about this stuff right dude totally and how quickly like, it can spread yeah i have never taken thing like okay i totally wash my hands actually i I wash my hands quite a bit, like especially when, like for example, when we're like making eggs, I always wash my hands. Interesting. Like whenever I'm dealing, like whenever I come in from the house, I wash my hands. You know, right. Yeah. Um, this was pre. Anti-back. This was pre coronavirus. Yeah, pre coronavirus. Yeah. I do kind of meticulously wash my hands, like after always going to the bathroom, all that kind of stuff. Yep. Um, but this is like even more. Yeah. Like I, I mean, thinking about when people have the flu, you kind of like walk away from them but you don't think about what they just touched uh-huh you know you don't think about all the all the things you know i mean like man dude i i mean this is true gomer confession but i i'm a bassoonist i have a lot of students we yeah. share reads all the time man mm-hmm. i've yeah. shared reads with my teachers ever since middle school oh yeah you know like that's like that's worse than what was foaming what's what <laughs> Fomites, yeah. That's, Fomites. that's literally sharing saliva from one person to the other right away. Right. It's not a cr- touching yeah. somebody's credit card. Um, right. So, yeah. So, she is sick with a yep. disease that acts very quickly because she goes mm-hmm. home to see Matt Damon. She, she was in Tokyo, flew through Chicago, had a tryst with an old boyfriend. Okay, right here. Okay. Yeah. So there there's there's theories, you know, like Hollywood karma. Mhm. You know, like the whole idea that she's being punished. Right. Um like that if there were overarching themes of that 
Um, I don't think that they intended on any like, okay. Like he said, Matt Damon said to Kate Winslet, did he give this to us? Yeah. When he finds out she had an affair in Chicago, he says, you're telling me he gave this to us. And Mm -hmm. that's when I felt like, I think what you're saying, which is like, oh, is this a morality tale about extramarital affairs? (laughs) <laughs> they could have made it that, but they didn't. I don't think they they don't really press that. No, not at all. But it's just interesting that actually she gave it to him. Right. Um, you know what I mean? We can talk more about that when we get to Winslet's part. But you're right. The, yeah. The, it, okay. it, it kind of all um, the the overarching mystery. One of them, which I like, is who the um, who patient zero is. Yes. Um. So I like that they start with Gwyneth Paltrow. Then she goes to Matt Damon. We see her kind of trip home. Um, yep. And she dies. What do you think? Eight minutes into the movie? Yeah. I, I mean, I looked it's it up. right away. Like, I, I looked it up on my phone this morning. It was like between the like between the eight and nine minute mark. Wow. Um, also, fun little side note for people that don't know, but the Dean or what? Neil. Neil. Something. Mr. Neil. That's her, her boyfriend. Yeah. That voice was Steven Soderbergh. It's oh kind really? Of a fun little. Oh, interesting. Little little cameo. Yeah. Because you you do see him, but like from behind when he's sick later. Yeah. But that voice. It was nice seeing you, Gwyneth. Yeah. I enjoyed I, I our actually, time together. I I think her death. Is the scariest part of the movie. Yep, for sure. And Ugh. and I think the fact that her son then dies. Hours later, is the saddest part. Yeah. I don't know how they do it, but I feel very connected to to them right away. And I think her the her facial expression when she dies is terrifying. Like mm-hmm. I, I was actually thinking, I'm not sure I'm gonna make it through the movie. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. th- there there is this terror and uh, um I, I it's the kind of the iconic shot of the movie. I think it's even on the cover of the DVD <laughs> that I was yeah. reading. Yeah. Um and uh, you, uh, it's a way for them to, I think, set up right away. This is pretty terrible. Um, you were mentioning yeah. this, I think, on another, po- I think, on a Lose Twenty podcast we were recording, which is like that is one of the main differences between these two movies. I'm sorry, between this movie and reality yeah. is how quickly this acts in a person's um, body and how quickly death right. comes. Yeah. So actually, I, I looked this up. So. The so Mev one M E V one is like the the kind of like made up disease. Oh, okay, in, yeah. In uh, in, in contagion, contagion. Mm-hmm. and then we have COVID nineteen cor- right. coronavirus. So the like the rate the death rate of coronavirus is or mortality rate is like one point five percent, and the Mev one is like hundred percent, and oh, like the incubation period is. Uh-huh so much shorter i mean like right. basically mev1 is like it's just like a super duper virus made up for a movie super scary super quick a- acting and you know yeah um so until they find the vaccine in um in contagion you know if you get it you're going to die right and so that okay so we we are like super duper filled with anxiety right now. Yeah. It's at the the high at a high 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 peak right now. Yep. Um like one of the things we were talking about is like how coronavirus again, we're not doctors, we're podcasters. Yep. Um 
right now, like, it's not like it's super duper risky and scary for like little kids. Yeah. Um, and so like, if this was deadly, like, well, okay, it is. Yeah. But you, but like, like Mev one, mm-hmm. and was aimed at kids, we would be freaking out. Yeah. So that you know that I mean? is one uh thing that's different about that. That's the, one. The yeah. fake one is that it it they establish right away it that young people die right away. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's probably boy. why it's yep. the the most that was the most terrifying part for me was yes. oh. um uh imagining that and how different that would feel than how this feels now. Um Right. So that that felt and maybe that's why Jack said what he said after the movie mm. because yep. it just what you're saying, the mortality rate of this disease in the movie versus this one um, is so much higher. Um, I've been thinking about reading yeah. The Stand again, um, which is ah. all about and the the, um, the super flu in The Stand, I think, kills 99 percent, 99.8 percent of the globe. Um, what? Wait, hold on. The Stand, is that? That's Stephen King or John yep. Grisham? Yep, Stephen King. Stephen King. King. Okay. Um, and we just mentioned Rise of the Planet of the Apes. The simian flu, I think, does something similar. 98% of the population or something dies. Mm. Um, so that that does feel a lot different watching this movie. Um, so it, it's kind of hard to balance, right? Like how accurate some things are and then how overblown they are because it's a Hollywood movie. And right. we're, and a movie about coronavirus, which moves fairly slowly compared to this one, isn't as exciting. And so they have to ramp up those things if you want to tell the story in 106 minutes. Right. Yeah. Well, and a couple other things that they got right. And mm-hmm. we'll stick with the Matt Damon thing for just a minute. Yeah. Um, But like they talked about they talked about social distancing. Um, which I was amazed that. Yeah. Like, could you believe it when you heard that? What I was amazed and Jessica's Jessica said it must just be a CDC thing Mm, like the CDC has always had this kind of booklet about what to do in a disease event. Right. And so they the researchers for this movie have that same booklet that we have now. And they're like, oh, social distancing. But I was like. I can't believe they said that. And it's nine years ago. And I've never heard of that term before until right, three like, weeks ago. What the yeah, heck? I know. How did how did they know that? <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like, I mean, that's one of the great things about this movie, though, is like Soderbergh and the writer mm-hmm. Scott Z. Burns. Um, I guess like they really wanted this to be grounded in science. Yep. And like well researched, like they were really interested in making like a medical thriller that was believable. Yeah. Um, and almost yeah. everything I've read uh, with scientists talking about this movie, whether it was before coronavirus or after, they're all really impressed with how they did. Hmm. Like this, this is how so, a, a virus like this would spread. So it's not like after um, uh, gravity came out. In that physicist, ah, uh, who's who's the like super? Here we go again. I know what you're talking go. about. I can see him, and he's like, favorite, "Well, actually, when this wouldn't work, and that wouldn't work." And yeah, it wasn't like that. 
astrophysicist that's Colbert's favorite guest, and he tweeted all the things. Now, he's awesome and everything, but yeah, like he came out and he was like, okay, here's all the things that are wrong with gravity. Yeah. Which that Um, movie freaking rules. I love it. And he liked it. Yeah. He liked it too. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. um, So So scientists are coming out saying this movie was right on. Yeah, they're in a saying lot of ways. they're they're. I I think more more like for a Hollywood movie, this is very accurate. I don't know if that's like an underhanded compliment, right? Like, um, right. as as far as movies go, this felt um more realistic than any other movie of its kind, which I I feel right. like is very high praise, and and especially since Soderbergh uh, went out with that intention, that feels yep. like high praise, for sure. Hey, by the way. Yeah. Neil deGrasse Tyson. Neil deGrasse Tyson. Great. There he is. The 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 most well actually guy of all well actually guys. <laughs> well, and he rightly so. He like knows. That's true. He like knows almost everything about that stuff. Still, um, every party needs a pooper. <laughs> well, <laughs> actually, that wouldn't happen. Um. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um. So. I mean, basically, the rest of the story of Matt Damon is that he is immune, which you mentioned. I mean, and that's a nice detail because we actually get to follow him um, the rest of the time. I think he becomes a surrogate because then we see him kind of moving through regular life, trying to navigate what this insanely crazy changing world around him, which also felt viscerally accurate to me when I was watching. it. Yeah. Well, so that's another thing that they got right in this particular vignette mm-hmm. is the really poignant scene. Ooh, we could have said that, dude. Is this a perfectly poignant movie? <sighs> Too late now. We've recorded too much of this. <laughs> Dang it. Um, but is, is so his daughter, and uh-huh. I wrote down this quote, and this, this really relates to your son having to miss out on, I mean, all of our kids are missing out on super cool things us too you know yep. like we were gonna i mean we were gonna play return of the jedi atlanta symphony it was gonna be unbelievable that mm. got canceled like right it's total bummer Dang but it. hopefully yeah. that'll be re- rescheduled but anyways his daughter she's 16 yeah something, something like, like that. that sure yeah she's gonna have the prom yeah you know and like your heart's breaking he makes her stay away from her boyfriend which is probably a good thing yeah they're, like texting each other uh you know um but she said Spring, we lose spring, summer, another 144 days that will never happen again. Yeah. So sad. And then at the end, he like puts together um, like a faux prom for her. It's Mm -hmm. like such a touching scene. Dad and daughter. Yep. You know, he secretly got the son to or the the son, the boyfriend to like dress up in a tux. And that just made me think of your son was going to do was going to be like the the leader what what's the he was like yeah, he's the, the band the drum major, drum major for his marching band they were gonna march in the saint patrick's day parade yeah a couple weeks ago Dang. in chicago they were gonna get 35 seconds of national screen time oh just canceled so cool man uh it was it sucked yeah dude that yeah. so sucks but i i just i loved and you put it up on facebook like mm, you guys oh, yeah. i mean you know you guys went out Yep. And very similar to what this what Matt Damon did, you know, you like put together kind of like a little fun like bike ride and you guys got dressed up for St. Patrick's Day, you know, just waved at the neighbors who kind of stared at us and laughed. 
<laughs> yeah, but you're you're right. I mean, that felt very accurate to yeah. today, which is like you just make some things work and they're going to be lame compared to <laughs> what they were going to be, right? The right. things you're doing are, let's not, we don't have to mince words. They're not going to be as great as the things that were supposed to be, but you do them anyway. Yeah, totally. Some sort of normalcy. Yeah. So yeah. I, I totally. really like that part. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Um, okay. Let's talk about Jude Law. Where I saw Jude Law and okay. I was like, uh-huh. Jude oh, Law, what? young Dumbledore himself steps up <laughs> to the literally. plate. He is in, I think, every movie for like 20 years straight. Somehow <laughs> he's just makes it into every, it's like, um, yeah, he Sam, Samuel L. Jackson and Jude Law. Yeah. Between those two, you've got like every movie ever in the last 20 years covered, I feel like. Is um, he in the Star Wars universe at all? Jude Law. Ooh, I don't think so, but Samuel L. Jackson is. That's true. It's only a matter of time, probably, until Jude Law shows up in a Star Wars movie. But he he's in the he's in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, right? He's in the Harry Potter universe. He's in he's in a bunch of small movies. He's Lemony Snicket, but then he's like in also big franchises. Uh, yeah, right. He's everywhere, and so then I was like, well, there he is again, Jude Law with a weird hat on. He's wearing some sort of. <laughs> What is that hat called? A little, I don't know. Just like, he's a, got, did he have a beanie? Now, see, today, if that was made, he'd be wearing a beanie. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I like the way they were talking about the internet and blogging. And mm. um, they they make one small mention of Twitter. Hmm. They yep. say tweets at one point, but um, now it's all who's tweeting what? What did right. the president tweet today? Um, right. They're still talking about blogs, mm-hmm. kind of blogs yeah. taking over for print media. I was like, it's that recent we were having that conversation. Dude, that that has aged very poorly. Yeah. Um. You know, he said, you know, print media is dead. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, that one dude, Um. who is it? Elliot Gould. Yeah. Um, said blogging is graffiti with punctuation. Yeah. Right? Like great line. <laughs> I loved all that stuff. I love. <laughs> Though speaking of time capsules, I love that kind of thing where it's like old tech in movies Mm -hmm. and them struggling with new tech that is now our old tech. There's just some (laughs) sweet spot I love about that. Um, So Jude Law is a kind of conspiracy theorist blogger, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And he's getting some stuff right, right? Like he's one of the first ones to break the story that the virus is spreading. Yeah. Um, but then he does this kind of, I'm not so sure I like the storyline, but it did feel accurate. Um, it did for a while until he started t- turned and then he was basically profiting. Right. Like by selling Forsythia. I think. Yeah. So there's this called. Forsythia, which is like a, just a vitamin supplement or something that he is spreading the, um, I guess, rumor about that actually helps cure or ease right. mev one um yeah so here's here's the way that felt accurate to me is that people do latch on to anything that might help and sure my guess is that today there are certain people who are profiting from other people's misfortune mm, yeah i'm sure that'll come out especially a year from now yeah you know, like, yeah. 
And it's not only medical stuff like the Senator Burr who has like dropped all of his stocks because he had insider information about the disease before any of us did. And now he's in big trouble. Like um, uh, that I, the reason I liked that story was because they actually address, there are people out there who are in it for the money. Right. They're going to profit from it. I mean, so the people like the market is so interesting. We know like nothing, (laughs) but like, like Publix is killing it right now. Like if you own sanitizer, you're like raking in the dough. You know what I mean? Like I mean, we're looking at then, we're looking at each other right now on Zoom. Um Oh yeah. And yeah. Zoom stock. I mean, there is a part of you, so I don't know quite what to do with this. There's a part of me that I wish I could go to the start of the season, put some money on the cubbies. Put some money on the cub. Yeah. Yeah. Um <laughs> totally. there's that part of you and I've people have said it to me like, oh, man, I wish I would have bought stock in Zoom. And I'm like, yeah. But and then there's people that sell off their hotel stock when they get insider information and screw people. And so, yeah. Um, yeah, I do wish I could have gone well, to the beginning of the season and put some money on the cubbies, but it's a, <laughs> well, so, okay. There was this great, like kind of like haunting line and like from Lawrence Fishburne where he was, he said, um, no, uh, no, it wasn't Lawrence Fishburne. It was Brian Cranston. Yeah. Another great cameo. I can't remember where breaking bad was at in 2011. Yeah, like, he's 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 getting big at that point. Um, yeah. um and and I think he's tr- kind of trying on a movie career. Um sure. because okay. he's he's won like the Emmy every single year that Breaking Bad was on and so he's like could I be a movie star? <laughs> I don't know. Let's let, let's try being an uh like a, a military officer in a movie. Let's see what that looks like. Yeah, um, exactly. he was my still his best role though is as a dentist in Seinfeld. Okay. Yep. For sure. <laughs> All the way back. back. Yeah. Um, but he he said Congress is trying to figure out how to go online. Mm-hmm. Right. Like just that little that little line. Like that was so interesting. Like nine months late. Not nine months. Nine almost ten years later. Yeah. We're able. Like I'm. I just taught like seven bassoon lessons. Mm-hmm. Bassoon lessons. Yeah. Online. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you're able to counsel people online. Like Aaron is teaching a sec uh, first grade online. Right. Um. That seemed like the future, actually, in 2011. That was like a science fiction type thing to say. Yes. Um, yeah. And and now it's like, I mean, we don't have it perfect, but uh, the the go to now is if you can do what you if we, if you can do what you did live online, even if it's not as good, that's what you're supposed to do. Yeah, but it's in a lot of ways, it's kind of awesome. <laughs> It's certainly good for, I mean, one of my staff is a new mom um, Uh. and she's like, there's a lot of great things about this for me. I'm getting a lot more FaceTime with my students. Yeah. Um, Like, it's almost like it's showing some solutions that we could have been using that we weren't. Now, we want to, like, human contact is like one of the most important things in life. So Mm -hmm. we don't want to be like sheltered in place for a ton longer. But yeah, it's just interesting how in this moment, technology has gotten to the point that mm-hmm. we can actually do it. Right. And kind of, you know. Yeah. And so okay. when you watch this movie and that wasn't in place, mm-hmm. you think about how lucky we are right now totally. to have these systems in place where we can do that. Um, yep. Yeah. So Jude Law is just kind of a scumbag eventually at the end. 
Um, right. And uh, it's just interesting to think about how we're seeing that. Uh, yeah, how we're seeing that show itself today. I, I think th- there is sort of like this parallel thing that's happening in Lawrence Fishburne's vignette. And he's a CDC yep. guy. Um, yep. Larry Fishburne, Cowboy Curtis himself from Pee Wee's Playhouse. Um, my favorite <laughs> role of his. <laughs> and, uh, you know, the uh, from um, the Matrix. From the Matrix. Yeah, that's that's Morpheus. Like, yeah, like that's I always see him as Morpheus, although Aaron. OK, Aaron loves that show. Blackish. Yeah. Yep. He's the, have you seen that? He's the he's, grandpa. He's like the grandpa. Yep. Yeah. I like him in that show. So funny. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Um, here, wait, before we finish Jude Law, I just have this little thing. OK, uh-huh. accents. Uh-huh. How were they good or were they not okay, good? Okay, I like this. Let's let's rate the accents. This okay. Yeah, so we've so, got this British guy and he is he doing an American accent? I can't remember. No, no. It's very like Cockney. Like oh, right. I feel okay. like it's like not like like we've heard Jude Law be like posh. Mm-hmm. Most of the time. We've heard yeah. him be American. Mm-hmm. This was like Cockney Jude Law. Okay. Um kind of like I think of like Conan O'Brien, like kind of like his British yeah, accent sure. is like yeah. you're right. It is very Conan. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um okay, then we've got, and I'm quoting somebody else saying this. Yeah. Chubby Matt Damon. Mm-hmm. And exactly what you said in the cold open. Yeah. Um, which is why doesn't he have a Midwestern accent? I have another question about Matt Damon. His facial okay. hair never changes, but it's not a beard. And it's not clean shaven. Yeah. I think it's supposed yeah. to be like, this guy's not shaving. But you would really have to work hard to keep it at the length that he has it through that entire movie. <laughs> yeah. Like a perfect like five o'clock shadow. Or yeah. like the, it's, it's but it's kind of patchy lo- though. It's longer than that. It's five yeah. o'clock shadow. I think you can set your razor to that. Um, but <laughs> it's kind of like wispy. It's very strange. Yeah. Um, and I know why they're doing it because they want him to look kind of disheveled throughout the movie, but it's like, I wonder, I don't yeah, his, think I've ever seen him with a full beard. I wonder if Matt Damon can grow a beard. Uh, Yeah, it, it's very patchy, but yeah. uh, the Martian, yeah, the Martian, he's got his, his pirate beard. That's true. Oh my gosh. I cannot wait to talk about the Martian. Um. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the Cockney accent of Jude Law is interesting. Yep, the, the, the non non Midwestern Matt Damon, and then Kate Winslet, great. Yes. I thought, dude, her American accent is I, I don't know to me uh-huh. sounds like I would not know that. No, she I like I like her American, American accent a lot. Um, here's here's another difference between this movie and Love Actually. I always think Kate Winslet is in Love Actually, and she's not. I didn't know Kate Winslet was in this movie, and she is. <laughs> <laughs> so there's another difference. There's- and aren't Kate Winslet and Jude Law in oh, like they? a, aren't they in like a Christmas? They were, they were in like, the holiday. That's why I think, there you go. That's why I think she's in um, Love Actually. Ah, Love I Actually. always confuse yeah, yeah. those two movies. I forgot that's Jude Law. <laughs> Again. This guy's everywhere. <laughs> he's, he's in everything. Yep. Um, okay. Larry Fishburne works at the CDC. Ah, and the, yeah. the, the way I think that his story kind of connects with, um, Jude Laws is he has insider information as well and the way he mm. uses it is he calls his I don't know what the relationship he has with this woman is that he's it's not his wife well 
I think she's a fiance at okay. that point. And okay, I'll be honest. The first time I saw that whole scene, I thought it was his daughter. <laughs> yeah, she is very young. That's I, very I, young. I was going to say that. Yeah, she's much younger than him. Um, so maybe that's a Hollywood thing. I don't know. Hmm. Yep. Um, totally. So um, <laughs> the way he uses the information is he calls her and gives her kind of this like get out of there. Like you need to get out of, um, I can't remember what yes. city she's in. Uh, she was in Chicago. Okay. So there's the, that's right. There's the Neil. Yep. Right. Yeah. That's that, like that's dude, that's just crazy. Yeah. Like yeah, she, you know, she has an affair with that dude. Now Chicago screwed. Yep. You know? Yep. That's crazy. it for the whole city. Right. Um, right. So, uh, he ends up getting her out of the city and, uh, I think the implication is he is going to have to answer for that eventually. Um, right. That he used his information to get to give preferential treatment to people to get them out of a certain city and possibly spread the virus. How could you not do that? There's no way I couldn't. Right. If I knew that <laughs> that Jessica was in a city that was a hot spot and they told me yeah. don't call yeah i don't know i don't know what i'd do but certainly they the, he is his character is played as somebody that you are supposed to be for right i mean that oh, i think yeah. the assumption in that movie is anybody would do this and then he starts getting in trouble with um uh brian cranston and company about what he did yeah but it's almost like the whole time you still completely feel for him yes and like even if you felt sucky about it, mm -hmm. like in the end, he gives his vaccine away yes. to that little boy. You know so what I mean? So he has like, a save the cat moment at the end of this movie where yep, he yep. gives his vaccination to the janitor's kid. Mm -hmm. um, and that relationship is kind of established through several interactions they have throughout the movie. It's a nice moment, right. I think. I think that... Um, it's it's a nice happy ending i think for that storyline yeah actually dude that moment um i i texted you this um earlier mm -hmm. but that moment has one of my favorite lines in the movie um which is i love at the end when they shake hands mm -hmm. um and like they make a like so touching is is huge in this movie yeah um social distancing touching right. of screens all that kind of stuff um and then they make a really strong point to shake hands and lawrence fishburne says um, to the little boy, do you know where this comes from? Shaking right. hands. Yeah. He says, well, it was a way of showing a stranger that you weren't carrying a weapon. You offered your empty right hand to show him that you meant no harm. Yeah. I just thought that was a super, like, you know, that's one of those things you hear in a movie. You're like, dude, that's a super cool history of like a tradition that we do. Yeah. Like we always, like that's a cultural tradition. Yeah. We shake hands just to kind of know the origin of that. But even that, like the the human touch like means means so much yeah you know like I, the, here's what i contact. thought in that moment i thought i'm glad that didn't get cut mm, that feels like yeah. a moment that doesn't necessarily have to be in the movie but sure. it's so humanizing and i think at the end of the movie you're looking for those humanizing moments just like we are all the time right now like right um i want to learn from somebody i want to i want to have a an interesting interaction with you right now. And I was like, good job Soderbergh 
for not cutting that kind of human moment. I loved it. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, that, that was redeeming. Yeah. Um, you know, like at the, at the beginning of the movie in their, in their interaction, he was saying that his son might have ADHD. Right. He's like, is there anything you can do to help? Yeah. You know? And so he was helpful. And, you know, honestly in the, in the, in the groundhog day sort of thing where, uh, Phil sees Chris mm-hmm. Elliot's character. I can't think of his name right now. Like it is cool that like the leader of the CDC yeah. has this like banter mm-hmm. sportsy relationship with the janitor. Yes. You know, I, I kind of, that, that kind of shows some of his like humanity. Yeah. Even. Yeah. You know, I, th- like, I think that initial scene at the very beginning where the janitor is asking his advice is a very purposeful yeah. scene, right? Yeah. To, to make us feel for, Lawrence Fishburne and for this character both um, that could have been fumbled right yeah you know what I mean like when that kind of like exposition or like character development that kind of stuff can feel heavy-handed or it's just perfect yeah they just yeah it's great writing and great directing and great acting all around for sure um, so then we have Kate Winslet who has quite a bit of interaction with uh, Lawrence Fishburne and so that story feels like it's crossing over a lot um, and uh she is kind of this, I can't, does she work for the WHO? Yeah, she is an epidemiologist. Okay. Um, for them. So they work closely. She goes to the field just like um, Marie. Marion Coutillard Coutier. does also. Marion yeah. Coutillard. Yeah. Yeah. Like, um, yeah, totally. Yeah. So she is, has a great American accent and is traveling around the country trying to, what's she, what's her main goal? I can't remember. I know Marion Coutillard's like, main goal is to find patient zero. Um, what is yeah, Kate Winslet's so goal? Her Well, she's going to research and look into um, Gwyneth Paltrow's death. They're like this woman. Oh, right. Like, so like, that's how she gets there. That's how she is talking to Matt Damon. I see. And I remember then, now. Yeah. Yeah. So like with her, she's amazing. She's another, she's another, like she goes and re, like talks to all of Gwyneth Paltrow's co-workers people that mm-hmm. went on that trip yeah you know um or actually they didn't all go on that trip just she went on that trip but um but then i think an amazing moment so like the opposite of matt damon yeah being safe being immune being mm-hmm. our surrogate she's the opposite kind of like audience surrogate i think many of the people you really feel the most when she wakes up in the hotel room coughing yeah devastating and then her first reaction is she just starts like crying yeah is like she's like i know what i have she like, knows yep and i think she, i even yeah. said that out loud when we were watching the movie i said she knows she's gonna die and so mm. and i love so i feel like the the kind of anchor points these two anchor characters which are matt damon and kate winslet i think it's a great move in the movie for one of them to survive and one of them not to because that yep. feels accurate to me also right totally. like there is um there are people that survive and there are people that don't. I think the most, maybe the the most endearing thing about Kate Winslet at the very end is that she says, I need a list of people that have service this room and I need them to know that, that they've probably contracted the disease from me. Right? Like there is this, yeah. uh, she cares for people all the way to the very end. I yep. think even when she dies, there's that guy next to her who says, I need a blank and I'm cold. I need a blank and I'm cold. And she tries to give her coat to him. Did you notice that? Mm. 
and the coat just falls on the ground that. between them and she dies. Oh, oh man. It's, it's, it's really, I mean, and she like, I mean, besides just her American accent, she's one of our <laughs> finest actors, right? She's so good. And you really yeah. just are mourning her death at that point in a different way than Gwyneth Paltrow, which is like, oh, this is all shock. Yeah. When Kate Winslet yep. dies, it's like um, sadness and yeah, you're mourning for that. Yeah. Yep. She never goes into self-preservation mode. Mm-mm. She's always looking after others, caring for others and, yeah. until their last breath. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. yeah. yeah. So that uh, pretty touching. I thought her storyline um, and she does interact with several of the people throughout. I mean, she, she interacts with. I don't know that she interacts with Jude Law at all. Nope. But she interacts with Matt Damon, Lawrence Fishburne, and Marion Cotillard, who is also, I think, working for the WHO. Um, yep. I, I don't know about her storyline. What do you think about her storyline? She gets kidnapped by that small village. Sort of. Sort of. I mean, it, was, it was interesting. Actually, I, I had heard that a ton of that got cut. Oh, I think they actually filmed a I, I could be wrong, but I think they filmed a bunch of her like development there. Yeah. Yep. Like I did like how she was like really friggin' ticked that they gave them a placebo. Yes. You know, like yep. um so and I liked how her how she kind of like ended up like she almost would have wanted to stay there. You know, she yeah. ended up like really caring about those people, even though they kidnapped her. Yep. Um she was like, Okay, now I know why you kidnap me like look at your village yeah it's decimated yeah maybe i could help you know um yeah i i like i i did like it but yeah i mean th- it's the vignettes right it's like how many <laughs> how many yeah. like can you do in a single movie i mean you know yeah, I, th- I think what you're saying that things got cut from her story is making a lot of sense out of how i felt which was at the end of the movie i was like oh yeah marion cotillard's in this <laughs> movie um yeah it's like oh yeah duh I haven't yeah. seen her in like half an hour. Right, exactly. I think what I like about her is that she and maybe Kate Winslet also are really working hard. And I like these kinds of scenes where smart people doing smart things, right? Working hard to find patient zero. Yep. And so there's a scene yep. where they're getting video of Gwyneth Paltrow and they keep asking which direction is it going? Like, is mm. Gwyneth Paltrow giving it or receiving it here? And so um, mm. the, the, I, that feels a little bit like a mystery movie, smart people, like fugitive style, smart people figuring out yeah. things by doing smart things. I just like that gimmick in a movie where it's like, oh, I, I just like people being smart. And there's a lot of smart people in this movie who get to be smart. Oh, yeah. Well, along those lines, okay, Jennifer Ely, who plays Dr. Allie Hexfall. Oh, right. Um, yeah. I forgot and, about This is another vignette, okay, huh? She, like this this whole actually finding so, the vaccine. Yeah. Yeah, you've got like her and Dimitri. You've got her and another dude earlier. Like, it's amazing. They're like, how was your Thanksgiving? She's like, oh, I went and I dealt with this horrible, you know, virus case down yeah. here. You know, like, it's funny just... That's kind of like, you know, there's not really any humor in this movie. Honestly, it's actually really serious. I can't think of a single um, joke. It's probably for the best. I mean, I think Elliot Gould totally. being in it is just funny. Um, and oh, I like his little it. tiny yeah. storyline where he's a private scientist 
who the CDC is saying, yeah. stop doing what you're doing. And he does it anyway. And he ends up finding he ends up growing the virus. Right. And so that they can make. Yeah. Some progress in the vaccine. I like that little scene. Um, and I just like him. And it's so he's so Ocean's Eleven. Right. Even in that role that he's yeah. playing. <laughs> I know. Well, like. Yeah, different glasses, right? Doesn't different have, glasses, like, huge glasses. Yes, yeah, smaller glasses. <laughs> um, but that's smart people being smart people doing smart things. Like Jennifer Ely, um, like she is breaking the law. Yeah, Elliot Gould is breaking the law. Um, yes, in order to find this cure, you yep. know, like, um, like I just I love that. Uh, actually, the New York Times um, said diligent about this movie. They said diligent scientists risking their lives saved the day yeah yeah I think and that, that like might be the theme right of this on. entire movie right diligent hmm. people who have a lot of like a wide variety of expertise working together yeah now i don't know if that's accurate or not we won't know that about this time i don't think until we, we are looking back at it but right man do i hope that's happening right now I hope that Dude, smart that people with different expertises <laughs> yeah. are working together to figure this out. Well, that definitely seems like Anthony Fauci there, man. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, he's seen, he like even even today. Yeah. <laughs> like I got a, I got a friend that that sent a tweet. He said the virus decides the timeline. We don't decide the timeline. Right. Like that is I mean, that is a clear rebuke to what Trump said yesterday mm-hmm. about we're going to fix this by Easter. <laughs> oh, man. Um. His face when he's standing behind him. I mean, there. and then basically he comes yeah. up and he's like, okay, let me be clear. Um, that's not going to happen. Do not. I mean, even when he was like, I'm a big, we can't keep doing Trump impressions. I'm a big fan of this like untested, right? Cure or whatever. Not right. cure. For Scythia. What if? What if he said for like oh my I heard in this movie for Scythia, we gotta find that. Right. It's like a, a malaria treatment, and that's exciting, right? That could help. But then Anthony Fauci has to Definitely. come up and be like, Definitely. let me be clear. Don't take any medicine that's not for your illness. Don't mix chemicals. It's so right, right. yeah. Uh, you, you're right. right. It, you can tell he is be he is so smart. And he's he's totally. He's working, and I hope there are lots of smart people that are surrounding him. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, can I say, uh, we've talked through the vignettes. Yep. Here's something I love about this movie, the movie itself. Yep. I love mm-hmm. that the ending goes to day one. So you are oh. hearing, you're seeing them try to, uh, to address and cure and vaccinate, right? And social distance and control, yep. the panic. That's what this whole yep. movie is. And this kind of string that's kind of in the background is where did it start? They say at one point, like, well, I, I, th- I guess one, be- uh, the wrong pig met the wrong bat, right? Which I think coronavirus yeah. yep. is carried by bats initially um, with that other animal. Yeah, I think yeah. so. That's what I heard. Um, yep. But you don't know who patient zero is. And then... Jack's question, what about day one, is answered at the end. Um, Mm. Once the vaccination is getting out there, once we have a semi-happy ending, right, that this is going to be solved and we can have prom and those kinds of things. um, Yeah. 
you feel a sense of relief and then you get this extra bonus where we the audience are led into a secret which is yeah. it was Gwyneth Paltrow the whole time <laughs> like yeah. she is the one who ate who touched the chef who had touched that pig who had eaten that bat's banana and so uh-huh. it actually was the whole time Gwyneth Paltrow I, I was like she was that's some good movie making yeah oh okay so let's think about an edit of this movie yeah. where day one is at the beginning like just I love a this. simple shift yes right yep not as not even close to as good of a movie you're no, like oh, not at all a bad eight simple you know what I mean like th- yep like oh it actually reminds so me good. of Ocean Eleven where Soderbergh chooses to let things play out and then you flash back to how they worked at the end of the movie. Um, He lets you be confused. And that's a risk for a director to take, right? Mm -hmm. Like, will will this be too confusing and off-putting to an audience? Or is it just the right amount of, well, I guess we're never going to know. And then he gives you this gift at the end where I'm going to let you in on it. You get to know yeah. where it actually came from. <laughs> Very yep. satisfying ending, I thought. So satisfying. Yeah. Um, hey, two two quick notes. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that Winslet said the average person touches their face two to three thousand times a day. So all of uh, all of Winslet's you know, info dump stuff was so good. I love a whiteboard. So good. I love a computer. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Totally. You learn about the R not like mm-hmm. the incubation period, all these words we'd never heard of before. Um, if this movie had been made today, social media would have been all over it. I yes, think that that's definitely. something we didn't touch on in the blogging, mm-hmm. but like um, so different. Yeah. Um, and then I think it's awesome that there's no president. There's think, never a president. Yeah. I think there's a very specific or, um, choice to not involve any um like big politicians in this movie okay. uh that it just feels like they want it to be an everyman story with yes. smart scientists involved um and i noticed that too and actually jack kept asking whether or not um walter white from breaking bad brian cranston was the president and i was like no i think he's just ah. a higher up but that's not the yep. president because normally you do get a president, you do get Morgan Freeman and right. Deep Impact, you do get Bill Pullman <laughs> yeah. and um, right. uh, Independence Day in these kind of disaster movies, or like even like Contact, you get shots of the actual president. You know what I mean? Oh, like yeah. I, I, you know, like Bill Clinton is actually in Contact like quite a bit. Yeah, you're right. And somehow they like find like real stuff that he said, and like kind of that's that's kind of cool. It does date it. But I, um, again, I love it when it dates it. I love yes. that. And so like Obama is at the beginning of Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Newsreel footage really? of him saying, people stay in your homes. Was that a good impression? <laughs> people stay that in was, your homes. That was, <laughs> that was good. Yeah. I, 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 every time I see that, like I get a little thrill or else it used to be a big thing in 90s movies where. Jay Leno, like the Tonight Show would be on in the yes. background. I think that's in totally. Dave. Like, what's the deal with the president eating too many Happy Meals? Burr. Burr. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
<laughs> just a TV behind yeah. someone with an actual person I like. But you're right that there's oh. none of that in this movie, which is well, a good call. Home Alone. Home Alone. We've got Johnny Carson. You're right. He's in watching the background, Carson. Right. Yep. Um, yeah. I, I I love that. Usually yeah. it has something to. And there isn't a heck of a lot of um like news in it. Like a lot of times mm-hmm. the news or like anchors of the news, even though use like real ones. Yeah. Um, like carry the carry the story like it, mm-hmm. it, like it's a faux narrator right you know what i mean yeah yeah and so this one i i, I like that there's no president because it grounds it more right right the, i do yeah. did they mention that the president has gone underground i think they mentioned that yes yeah that yep they did say that yep yeah so dude they don't ignore that you... there is a president but they just don't show him which is right. a good call yeah no you watch this movie like one time and you're mm. like retained a lot. Way to um, go, man. Yeah, it's it's one it's one gift I actually have is movie retention. <laughs> Except when you're trying to just like me, figure out anybody's name. Yeah. Neil Grass <laughs> Neil deGrasse Tyson. You could have given me ten years and I wouldn't have remembered his name. <laughs> um all right. Yep. So I it's it's an interesting mix, right? It's an interesting mix of accurate and inaccurate. I th- I think as we close this Oh, one more thing. Can I just mention this? I Oh yeah. I really liked the idea of a um lottery based on birthday. Dude, that, that is something I've never thought about. Have there been other lo- there have been other lotteries in movies? Yeah, um, I know this lottery trope has existed and I can picture it and I can't remember when. There's a lottery in 2012, I think, about who's going to get on those um yes. Uh Yep. Yeah, so I really, uh, I like it when there's something I'd never thought of before in a movie, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, where, w- what I'm talking about is a scene where they're deciding who gets the vaccine when, and so they've yeah. got like a lottery ball thing, and they pick right. it out, and it's got a date on it, and I was like, what? And they're like, yeah. March 22nd, uh-huh. everybody born that day gets vaccine on the, on day one, and then it takes a Damn. full year for everybody to get um. I mean, that is a great, fair way to do it, in my opinion. That was super good. Yeah. There was a lottery in Independence Day 2, wasn't there? Was there? Or maybe not a lottery. Then it wasn't a lottery. It was like, if you're this distance away from here, oh, yeah. you can't evacuate. It was like an evacuation yeah, sort you're of right. thing. Yeah, and I kind of like, like those kinds of... I like rules. I'm realizing yeah. that as we, as we watch <laughs> through these movies. I love a good yeah. rule. And so that rule ruled to me. I really like that. Yeah. Um, Yep. Okay. As we close this up, we just want to say one more time. If, I mean, we know we have listeners that have the virus, right? Mm, We know that there are listeners who have loved ones who are sick right now. We know that there are listeners who are struggling with anxiety um, and uh, panic is kind of right there, right? If, If you're a person where you think watching this movie would make those things worse, Mm-hmm. Um, just be okay with just having listened to this episode. Yeah. I don't. I don't think we it's pretty some, much talked through the whole thing. Yeah, and I don't think it's a movie that's like you have to see this to be able to right. navigate today's world. It's just so such an interesting cultural. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. It's like this timepiece. Yeah, and so impressive the things they got right. Yeah, I I'm I will say again. I don't know that, like you said, when they make movies about this, that they could do much better. 
yeah than contagion honestly um social media would be cool to see how mm-hmm. that played in it yeah um I, I think we're doing more like as far as shelter in place i mean mm-hmm. they just like it kind of became just like anarchy in this they, movie yeah they, there's a couple references to staying in your home yeah but this feels a lot different there were just a lot of people outside walking around all the time in this movie pushing each right. other around um yeah and and when you go outside in the real world right now i gotta send you a picture of these robots on our campus dude what I, I was on campus uh on a walk the other day and about a year ago maybe six months ago no it's been about a year uh nau got these little food delivery robots what it's about this size like a cooler size with three six wheels on it and it delivers yeah. food to students right now the only things on campus are these food delivery robots it is their time to shine dude jinx this is jinx from uh <laughs> yeah from Space they look kind of like jinx dude i'll take a picture and send it to you and maybe i'll post it please on. um but like yeah, that that is what you're gonna see right now if you go out. Hopefully not these robots. They're they're very creepy. I hope you do not have these in your town. But you're not gonna right. see many people, right? Everybody's following. Not everybody, but the bulk of the population is following the rules. We're inside. Um, not yep. so much in Contagion. Right. Yeah. That I, I actually. You know what? Got to give props. Got to give props. Like stuff seems actually seems kind of organized. I don't know. Like, it seems much more organized uh, than Contagion at the point where it just got, like, anarchy. Yeah, there's this scene um, where they're trying to get food. Right. And they just start fighting. I know that's happened, and I've seen vid- all the videos everyone yeah. else has seen, right, on social media where right. people yeah. are fighting over toilet paper. But the, it, the, there is this deep-seated terror that that scene in particular is like, will I get food? And if I don't, yeah. I'm going to have to beat somebody up to get some. We are not yeah. there. Um, right. Not. I mean, it, it could be that that's happening other places in the globe. So I don't want to say sure. that with so much firmness. But yeah. in Flagstaff, um, that kind of terror hasn't set in. Uh, if, if you feel like even watching this kind of movie actually gets you to that place, though, I would say don't watch it. Yeah. Just, just don't. I mean, watch... Like we've been saying, you can go back to our other episode, Two mm-hmm. Gomers Lose 20 and 20, episode nine. We talked through this a ton, just about like mental health and how people are doing. Yep. Um, go over there. And like we talked about, just fill your mind, even in episode eight, I think, fill your mind and your heart and your soul with good things. So if this, like like you said, it made Jack feel better. Yeah. I think it actually would make a lot of people feel better to watch this movie. If it wouldn't, don't. Hey, yeah. dude, I wanted to close, actually, mm-hmm. or I just wanted to mention this. Yeah. Um couple things to do that we did talk about on the thing but i'm just gonna say it here too okay okay here here if we if you could ask the gomers what could i do right now mm-hmm. i think it'd be like if there was one thing i'd say take a shower <laughs> <laughs> you will definitely feel like taking a shower after this movie <laughs> <laughs> right um second thing put on real clothes <laughs> put on some pants if you've been quarantined for a couple weeks like right like I don't know. These are just some practical things that we talked about yeah. literally because this is a, uh, there is a lot of depression too in yeah. this. Like I, I've even had students that I was talking to and they're like tired. And I was like, why are you tired? Yeah. We oh, nothing I mean, but time. And it's, yeah, sense. but it's, it, you're right. That it's is depression, grief, yeah. 
right? Yeah. Um, confusion. Those things are tiring things. Um, yeah, for sure. And sometimes if I put on a pair of pants, it helps a little bit. <laughs> that That's what I mean. Like if you're fighting, feeling that depression, that anxiety, mm-hmm. really, I mean, like it, I don't, I've had a couple of days where I had a hard time taking a shower. I'm not going to lie. And Anthony, and it, uh, 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 you've got sweatpants on right now. You showed me you have sweatpants on. <laughs> right. But the last couple episodes, I've been wearing jeans. <laughs> Good job. Um, And I mowed the lawn earlier today. That's another thing. Go outside. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, And then, you know, try to practice some, you know, some spiritual disciplines mm-hmm. wherever people are at. Yeah. Just like you know, we're social distancing and we kind of were joking about it at the top, but really try to find some spiritual connection to even in this, especially being alone yeah. or being isolated. And you yep. can always ask or email us about stuff that like, like that. Too. Definitely. Yeah. All right. So it's a mixed bag, right? This movie, um, we don't know if it's perfect and we're not going to ask you to vote on that, um, but it feels like there's quite a bit that's prescient and accurate and some stuff that is exaggerated because it's Hollywood and doesn't quite fit our situation. No matter what, it is certainly an interesting item. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like this is a very curious movie, especially in the times that we are living in right now. For sure. Um, So... No need to vote on this one, but we do love your feedback. Um, And there's quite a few ways to contact us. Um, You can go to our... What's the best way? You can go to our Instagram. That's probably the best thing. Two Gomers Podcasts. You can find us on Instagram. Go to our website. uh, uh, Sorry, that's perfectmovie.com. You can go to Facebook. Facebook.com slash Two Gomers. Send us an email. Either Two Gomers or Perfect Movie Podcast at gmail.com. Hey, dude, here, I'm ju- I just decided this right now. April, okay. April's coming up. Yep. April is tell somebody about the Gomers month. Yes, sweet. That'd be awesome. So people are people are longing for things to probably listen to, some comfort. Um, we have a backlog of 11 years on uh, <laughs> our two Gomers run for their lives feed. Um, even though Perfect Movie has just started, we've already recorded 20 episodes. So there's a lot to listen to. If somebody needs maybe a little bit of laughs, a little bit of comfort, mm-hmm. um, I believe the Gomers can provide it for people. So April, <laughs> tell somebody about the Gomers. So I don't know how people can do that. You can Sweet. text them. You can maybe like tag us or oh yeah, tag us like in a tag um, us in a post. Yep, tag us in a in a tweet or a post. Um, you can <laughs> pick up the phone, pick up the phone and say, Chuck, Chuck, it's Marvin. <laughs> Your cousin, Marvin Barry, you know that new (laughs) podcast you were looking for? Well, listen to this. Listen to this. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So tell somebody about the Gomers Month. That's coming up in April. You can start right now. And of course, rate, review us on Apple Podcasts. That gets the word out. We always love that. Great, dude. What's next? What's coming up? Oh, I was texting you today. Yep. I was like, dude, I just want to talk about something else. All of my conversations totally. the past three weeks, for good reason, have been yep. coronavirus or social distancing related. Next week, yep. we've got a double result show, Sneakers wow. and The Fugitive. Yep. And then the week after that, a 100% comfort movie, mm. A League of Their Own. <laughs> 
Yes. For those of you who are missing baseball right now, we want to give you something. So a movie about when baseball got canceled, (laughs) right? (laughs) Um, You've got Tom Hanks as a drunk old man. You've got Gina Davis. You've got that other lady. I don't know her name. (laughs) Her sister. Kit. And you've got a couple of the best lines in movies. So Madonna crying in baseball. Literally. Wait, dude, Tom Hanks, one of the first coronavirus people. Oh, yeah. That came out with it. Yeah. And he quoted when he got better. He quoted a league of their own. He did. I forgot about that. Yep. No crying in baseball. No crying in baseball. John Lovitz. Rosie O'Donnell. Come on, Madonna. <laughs> I can't wait. Um, okay, so that's our that's our next two weeks. And then after that, Anthony's birthday, Anthony's pick, uh, Secret yes. of Walter Mitty. Then a couple weeks after that, Stephen Pick, Pert near to Mad Max Fury Road. Yes! Yes! Oh my gosh, I cannot wait for all these. This is a great lineup. Super fun. Yeah, I can't wait. All right. We love you, everybody. We love you, nation. Stay healthy. Anthony, great up. Hey, dude, great up. Oh, shout out to all the people that are working, all the doctors and nurses yes. and all all the people in the medical field, too. We're praying for you. Yep. And we're super thankful. We have listeners totally that are in that field and that profession, too. So yep. just lifting you guys up. Yeah. And thanks to grocery store workers, janitors, yes, all those things, yes. all, all those people who yep. are out there working. Um, hopefully yep. we provided you with a little respite today even though we talked about a movie about a pandemic (laughs) so maybe not so much but hey all right dude yep have a great week thanks man you too and happy viewing when my world says